Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called The Bond. You would think that a man going home after more than half a year here in a little town in France would be happy. I came over here in November on one of those post-war jobs. I've been here in Vignacourt ever since. The house here was built in 1341, and the old cemetery out near the abandoned airfield can tell you how many generations of Rocheforts have lived and died here. It was, of course, the oddest kind of coincidence that I, Andrew Pierre H. N. Rochefort, whose family had been American since the days of Lafayette, should return to his ancestral home. I am the first Rushfort who has stepped inside this house since the First World War, when Colonel Paul-Marie Rushfort died at Chemin des Dames. Madame Simone, who owns the house now, has been a most satisfactory doyenne to me and to Ahmed Ali Ibn Musa, my Algerian assistant. Even if she does have difficulty comprehending my French... And I, hers. I have succeeded in having the ancient piano tuned. There's an American cook here in town who was a piano tuner in civilian life. And Ahmed Ali and I have spent some pleasant evenings, alternately at the piano and in long and complicated discussions of Christian and Mohammedan theology. Ahmed shares with me an inordinate admiration for the works of Ravel, and in particular the one called Pavand pour une enfant de Funte. Pavand for a dead princess. You remember? I remember that this night we'd been talking about the curious quality of fatalism that colors the whole life of the Mohammedan. It's all prescribed for us, the prophet said, before we're born, you see. But you do admit that individuals can alter the patterns of their own lives and of others. Don't you, Ahmed? We only think we alter them, Andrew. Whatever we may do is merely bringing to life the, the cosmic play strip that is already written for us. We're bound by the script as actors are. As a matter of fact, we are actors. Playing parts in a drama. Or a comedy. Yes, or a comedy. That we've never rehearsed. That unfolds for us, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Yeah, that's reducing life to a pretty uninteresting formula, Ahmed. 
Oh, no, by all means, no. On the contrary, I find it provides me, at least, with a consuming curiosity to see what's on the next page. Well, it certainly simplifies things, doesn't it? Yeah. It occasionally provides a surprise. Such as the fact that I'm not going to play the pavan again for you tonight. What is written is written. <laughs> In that case, I'll just cross up the prophet and play it for you then. gentleman is in some kind of trouble and needs me again. Uh, can't he get through one evening without calling for help? I'm sorry. I'll really have to go, you know. Well, all right. See you in the morning, then. Right. Good night. Uh, Ahmed. Yeah? Was that written to? <laughs> Turn out the lights, will you, Ahmed? What would you like to hear? 
The one I was playing? Why do you call it your song? Because I'm the princess. I think. You have a name, though. Oh, yes. Joan. In French, it's Jean. That's a very pretty name. Wouldn't you like a chocolate bar to take with you? I don't know what that is. It's nice to eat. No, thank you. Well, maybe your folks would like it. I don't have any folks. Do you have? Me? Oh, yes. Uh, I have a wife. You don't have a little girl? No. Not yet. Would you like me to go with you? It's awfully dark out. Uh, and it's late. Oh, no. I'm not afraid of the dark. I will kiss you now. In the dark, I felt the touch of the child's lips on my forehead. And I was conscious of a sweetness and a sadness that was almost a physical blow. She spoke again in the darkness. Oh, what? I called to her. Joan, wait. Wait, child. Play my song some other night and I'll come back. And then the door closed. And I was alone. I sat for a long time in the dark. 
think of what the war had done to so many thousands of children. Nameless, homeless, hopeless. And it was a long time before I began suddenly to wonder. This little girl, this little princess spoke English. Where did she learn that? And where did she learn the name of the song? Why was she afraid of the light? And I smiled to myself as I thought vaguely of a little girl ghost. But my dreams when I'd gone to bed in the dark were of a little girl who skipped by my side and called me father, but who faded into nothingness when I reached for her hand. questioned Achmed about her. He knew nearly all the unhappy, skinny children of Vignacourt. None of that description, Angel. I'm sure I remember. I asked Miss Lewis, the Quaker girl at the little hospital. No. I'm certain I've never seen a child that answers to that. You say her name is Joan? Joan. That's right. I've never seen her. Well, new children appear almost every day. I'll watch for her, Andrew. I watched the children of the town from my office window. I found myself paying only half-hearted attention to the ponderous trivialities the town dignitaries brought to my desk. I found myself listening for a certain voice and the clamor of children playing somberly in the street. You will pardon me, I am sure. I've always considered myself a practical, down-to-earth person. And I wish you to consider the effect such an occurrence has upon such a man. You can understand, I am sure, that I was forced to two almost inescapable conclusions. The first, that I had seen a ghost, I discarded at once. Almost at once. The second, that I had had an extraordinarily vivid dream. This conclusion I accepted. But, Achmed, I am not so sure you're right, Andrew. There's a way, you know, to make sure. I had almost forgotten that. motherless waif who had come to me in the darkness. Might she not be the child Margaret and I wished we could have? I determined to try to bring her back. Yes, I admit I felt foolish as I sat down in the dark at the piano. And I placed my flashlight 
beside the keyboard. I was to regret that. It was very dark and very quiet as I began. you come from? I just came in. Where have you been all this time, child? Oh, out there. I've, I've been looking everywhere for you. But you didn't play my song? I was afraid it wouldn't bring you. Did you really want... I wanted you very much. I'm very glad. I was afraid nobody would want me. Joan, where do you live? Well, I'm not sure. Well, what do you mean by that? I'm just not sure. I don't remember very well. Well, but... Well, Joan, haven't you any parents? Parents? No. Are they? Well, they're not dead. They're just not. I don't understand you, dear. Why did you call me dear? Well, I... Is it because you love me? Why... Is it? Yes, Joan. Do you have a little girl of your own? No. I wish I could be a little girl. Well, perhaps you could. I could call you Morphe. Why, why, yes. I would have a mama, too. Oh, yes. I would like it. Oh, I would like it very much. Shall I turn on the lights now so we can see each other? No. You couldn't see me if you turned on the lights. Are you afraid I'm not pretty? I'm sure you're pretty. I don't know. You'd have blue eyes. And dark hair? Yes. And you'd have a pretty little snub nose. With freckles? With freckles. <laughs> Is that the way you want me? <laughs> exactly. Would my mama love me, too? As much as I do, darling. You might not love me if you knew all about me. Oh, yes, I would. I would love you and mama very much. All my life I would love. Then it's settled. Now, let's have a look at you. Shall we? 
I picked up my flashlight and pressed the switch. I called, Joan! Joan! But there was no answer. I sprang up and flicked the wall switch, the bare bulb hanging from the ceiling through every object in the room into bright relief. I was alone. And as I stood there, dazed in the sudden brightness, I heard a small sound. house in some other time, 